Awesome. How cool does that camp look? I tell you, I'm, ga- I'm glad I'm the kids pastor and I can go. That's all I can say. Man, that is going to be awesome. Pastor Rob Bradbury, he's from Planet Shakers Church. And I know heaps of young people know Planet Shakers. And, uh, mate, this guy's phenomenal. He is awesome. He is so funny. He's got heaps of revelation. And this guy, man, he, is, he can make a song out of anything. And uh, he's just, we go to, uh, he runs a ministry called uh, Kids Are Us over in Australia. It's a big nationwide kids conference. And uh, they have, this, this last year they had about 600 odd kids leaders come from all over Australia. And of course a few of us Kiwis. And uh, he, he's just amazing. They go into schools and the schools are actually now ringing him up and saying, we've got so many problems with our kids. Can you come and help us? And he'll go into the school. He'll just speak life into the kids. He'll speak destiny into the kids. He'll believe in the kids. He'll just love on, on them with the love on them. And uh, they're amazed. The schools now, the government are actually paying him to work in the schools. And uh, that's how anointed this guy is. So if you've got kids, firstly, you've got to get them registered. Early bird finishes this week, okay, on Friday. So then it'll cost you an extra $10. So uh, if you've got parents, plus also in your newsletter, it says that last year we had heaps of kids sponsorship given by you, the church, for the kids. And again, we just asked this year, you know, if you'd love to sponsor a child, then, man, we would be so blessed because the reality is, is that some kids can't afford it. And some parents just don't have the $55 that's needed for the kids to go to camp. And the annoying thing is, is that because everything seems to go up and the prices this year have gone up. So it's about $5 dearer for the families. And some families got three and four, three kids and they just like ring us up and say, look, man, we can only register two. You know, what can we do? We say, look, don't worry. Just register them and, and, and we'll just get them there. Last year, I think the church sponsored about $1,000. And uh, we had nobody miss out on going to the camp. No child who could not afford it missed out. So, man, we just, that was so awesome. So I just want to encourage you. If you want to give, if you want to sponsor a child, then either come and see me or just uh, ring up the church office, office and say, hey, I want to donate one child or two children or whatever you want, even if you don't have $50, 55 If you've got $10 then that's all good too. So, uh, you know, it's going to be awesome. Also, that Sunday night, Pastor Rob's preaching here. So uh, come along because he is wild. He is awesome. He is just, he's, he makes me laugh. He is great. Who's got their Bibles here tonight? Excellent. Well done. You know, let's just pray before we start. Dear Lord God, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. God, we just pray that, Father, your anointing would be in this place. Lord, we just declare an open heaven, Lord. Father, we declare, Lord God, that our hearts will be open, Lord, to receive from you, God. Lord, we thank you that God is a church, and personally, Lord, you'd bring us up to another level, Lord. Father, you'd bring us up to a greater level of encounter with you. Father, we thank you, God, for tonight, Lord, that hearts and lives would be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, God's been doing something in the church over these last couple of months. And if you're not aware of what he's doing, then I'll fill you in. You know, we've been in a real season at the moment of God just doing things within people's lives, bringing us to a place of just, you know, dealing with our things, dealing with our stuff. You know, we've all got things that hinder us and they know from what God wants us to do. And it's like there's been a real season. I know within the kids' church ministry, I talk to other the pastors and they're saying, man, our teams are just people that are exploding everywhere. You see, but it's a good thing. And if you think, man, I've got my life's going great, then that's okay because enjoy it while it lasts. Because you know what? God will 
challenge your life. You can't be in a church like this where there's an anointing and the glory of God in this place and not have your life challenged. Because see, God wants to bring us to a new level. God wants to bring us to a place where we have greater encounter with Him. God wants to bring us to a place where He can use us in a greater way. We're called not just to sit here in this awesome church. This building is not the church. You are. Me and you are the church, and we're called to go outside these four walls and make a difference. You know, God, that's why I believe God is preparing us because He's wanting to bring us into something new. He's wanting to bring us as a church and personally into, into greater influence within the community and greater influence within your schools, greater influence within your business. God is wanting to do something, and it's like there's a real season of grace at this time to deal with things that have held you back. I know for me, man, I've been going through things. I've been just, God, you know, just, we went away with Pastor Mike in, about, in Singapore in July, and I just said, God, there are things in my life that hinder me from walking into the fullness of what you've got for me. And I know, I'm sure all of us here want to say, man, I want to be all that God's called me to be. And there were things that have hindered me, and I'll just be, God, I don't know why it is. I don't know why I do some of the things that I do. And I was just like, God, while I've got this time with Pastor Mike, we went for a holiday, I'll just pray that you would just like unlock it so I'd have understanding. And it was just so amazing. I hadn't told him anything that I was going through, things that I was struggling with. And without even telling him, we were just at dinner one night, and he just said, oh, you know, some people, they'll just, when they do this, they'll go through this, and it'll be because of this door and because of this reason in their life. And I'm sitting there thinking, that's me. He doesn't even know he's talking to me. I'm thinking, oh, man, that is cool. Yeah, that is awesome. And so when I came back, I was just been praying, God, bring me to a place of brokenness that I would be totally surrendered to you. Not so much that, you know, my finances would fall apart, my, my world around me would fall apart, but just that anything that's not of God that I hang on to, God, just strip that away. God, just pull that apart out of my life so that, God, I am just totally surrendered and holding on to you. Because you see, God's called this church. He has placed this church in Hawke's Bay to be a light in this nation, to be a light in this region. We are here. We, our purpose as a church is to go out and make a difference in the community of Hastings and Flaxmere and Havelock and Napier. We're not here just so we can live a comfortable life. You know, it's time for us as a church to start arising with a greater expectation for greater faith for God to move in our community. It's time for us to start to arise with faith that God, as I leave this place, Lord, this week I'm expecting to see a miracle. Lord, this week I'm expecting to get a word of knowledge for my friends that would unlock their life and they'll be like, how do you know that? Because it's God. Because God lives in me. Because God speaks through me. You know, I want to be able, I haven't got to that place yet, but I know God's called me there. God's called every one of you there. God's called this church there. God's called us all to be in a place of, of an open heaven supernaturally that when, we, when a sick person comes before us and they can't walk and, 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 or they're broken or there's fear within them and they're like, man, I'm just, life is just so, I just hate life, I just want to die. You know, some of you guys have been saved out of that place. Some of you who are sitting here have been saved and come to God, come to Jesus out of a place of, man, I just hate life, I just want to leave. You know, there are many people out there in Hawke's Bay that need God. There are so many people out there that need God. 
But you see, the reason why, and we're in a time of real preparation. Because, you know, there's an internal shift that needs to take place. If we don't grow internally, if we don't shift internally, then we will be limited as to what we can do and what we can handle. You know, there's never been a generation in a time like there is today where people are so concerned with the way they look. They're so concerned with whose heads they turn. And my message tonight is called Grabbing the Attention of God, if you're just wanting to know. But you see, so there hasn't been a generation that has been so concerned like there is today of grabbing people's attention. People spend hours in front of the mirror. You know, so often we wake up in the morning, oh, oh man, it's seven o'clock already. Oh, you, you sit up, I know oh, I do, I sit up in bed think, oh, I need five minutes to wake up, lie back down. You know, then I get, then get up, and I know some of you guys are like this, especially the younger ones. You get up, you look in the mirror, ah! who is that? What, what's happened to my hair? And, oh, that's okay, it's just me. That's okay. And so then, you stand in front of the mirror for hours, and I mean, you can tell by some of your guys' hairdos. You must go through a pot of gel a day. And you stand there, and you're like, hang on, this one's out of place. Stand up! And you're just there, and you're just spending hours just trying to look good. And it's like, then you, you just, you stand back, you stand in maze. Wow. I am one fine specimen. Oh, just don't believe, oh, God must have been, had a smile on his face when he created me. And you're there and you're like, man, now I'm ready. God, I'm ready to take on the world. God, I'm looking smooth. I've got the clothes. I've spent $100 on this massive shirt. People better notice it or else. So then you're about to walk out the door and you're thinking to yourself, God, hang on, God, you better come with me, God, because we're going out into the world. God, we're called to make a difference. God, if you're up there, you better keep up because I'm moving pretty quick today. And so you start walking and you look behind. God, are you still there? Where, where are you, God? And he taps you on the shoulder. I'm in front of you. How did you get up there? I don't walk like you do. Oh. And then you walk into your school or you walk into your workplace looking smooth. Now, boys, guys, I know you're sitting there thinking, man, I know the girls, they just take hours to get ready. Husbands, you're sitting there thinking, what, my wife is always late. She makes me late all the time because she's standing in front of the mirror. I just, oh, I get so frustrated. But see, guys today are just as bad. Guys said, I know you don't, you guys, some of them, Ashford, you're sitting there, oh man. I know there are guys today that's been longer than women do in front of the mirror. Because you see, we're so concerned about how you look and about your parents and whose head you turn. So then you go into your work situation, you go into your school situation, and there comes and you're walking in, man, I'm going to get noticed. God, we're going to get noticed today because of how cool I look. And you walk into your school, you walk into your place of work. And then all of a sudden you're faced with a situation where somebody says something to you. Somebody starts talking about the other workmate or the boss about how bad they are. 
someone starts hassling somebody else and you're sitting there thinking, oh man, what do I do? And you're feeling really stinking inside. You know it's wrong. And you're thinking, but I could stand up and look like a bit of a weirdo. Or I could just let this one slide. I could, just one guy won't matter. I'll just let this one slide and still keep up my appearance. You see, sometimes we leave God behind. Sometimes we say, God, just stay over there because I don't want you to embarrass me. You know, sometimes we do that when we don't stand up for things we know are right. Because we're scared of what people will say. Because we're scared about whether we turn people's heads or not. You know, we shouldn't be worried about turning the heads of people. We should be worried about turning the head of God. When God looks at you, what does he see? When God looks at you, what does he see? What does he see around your life? Because you see, we're all called to carry the presence of God. And praise God we're blessed. Praise God that, you know, we're Christians and and you, you might be sitting comfortable. But you see, God never wants you to be in a place of comfort. Because God's got more for your life. Every one of you here, God's got more for your life. God wants to take you further on, further on, further on in Him. Every day that you walk, God wants to take you to new places in Him. Because you see, sometimes we forget God watches. God looks and what does He see? When He looks at your life, what does He see? And you see, it's not even about what He sees here on a Sunday. It's about what He sees during the week. It's about what you do in the place where there's no other Christians around. It's what you do in those places that God really looks. It's easy for us all to turn up here on a Sunday and lift our hands and worship Him. But what do we do in the places where we're not in a Christian environment? Because you see, if we want to take this city, if we want to make an influence in our workplace, if we want to make an influence with our neighbors, if we want to make an influence... In our schools, it's not going to take the people standing on the corner saying, turn or burn. It's not going to take that anymore. I don't know if it ever has. But you see, what it will take now is someone with a fire for God. Is someone with, who spent time preparing with God. Because you see, instead of preparing an hour looking good, we should be spending an hour preparing with God, spending time with Jesus, so that when we walk out into the community, we look good to God. So that when we stand before someone who is sick, we can pray and see the power of God move and or speak a word of knowledge into their life. You are this way today because of a situation that's happened years ago, weeks ago, whatever it may be. That's what will change your friends. That's what will change a generation. That's what will influence this community. You know, this needs to be a place where people drive past who are going through things and they just think, man, there is something about this place. We need as as a church to be known in this community so that when people's lives are in a place where they have just tried everything and nothing works, that they remember That's right, that person from Bay City. That's right. I remember them. They they were awesome. They never forced it on me, but man, their lifestyle was something different. I want to come here. I need something. I want to go to that place because I know their life had changed. Their life was different. 
You know, I was talk, my wife was talking to a lady in the hairdressers the other day. And see, this is the thing that turns people off God. She was saying that, oh, you know, we had some people come in and do some work, a tradesman come in and do some work. And that I know they're a Christian, but we were so unhappy with what they did. Aren't you Christians supposed to be different? Because see, she knew my wife was a Christian too. Aren't you Christians supposed to be different? See, that's not the example we should be setting. See, God looks. God looks. What does he see? If you've got your Bible tonight, turn to Luke 13, verse 6 to 9. Grabbing the attention of God. Called to make a difference in this community. It says this. Then Jesus used this illustration. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to the gardener, I've waited three years and there has, been, has not been a single fig. Cut it down. It's taking up space. We can use it for something else. The gardener answered, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give a special attention and plenty of fertilizer. And if there's no figs that grow the next year, then we'll cut it down. You see, when that man came and looked at the fig tree, what did he see? No fruit. No figs. The next year, nothing. The next year, there was still nothing. In the end, he said, let's cut this thing down because it's producing nothing. When God looks every year, what does he see? When God looks at you that, the, the day that you wait, what does he see? When God looks at you from six months today, what does he see? Because you see, God won't wait around forever for you to get your life sorted out. God won't wait around forever to see, to see whether or not you're in a place where you can take what God wants to give you. Because see, God will look. He will find someone who is ready. He will find someone who's ready. Go to 2 Corinthians. Or you can just, I'll just read it out to you if you like. I'm sure it'll come up on the lovely screen. 2 Corinthians verse 3 verse 18 says this. And all of us have had the veil removed so that we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of God. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him and reflect His glory even more. See, when God sees us, He sees some. He doesn't look at our wrong things. He made you. God says he made you in his image. God loves you. God has a purpose for you. When he looks at you, he sees someone who, who, who is called to walk with glory, who is called to walk making a difference, who is called to walk with the presence of God. He sees someone who is called to go into this school and make a difference and see people saved. Who, how many people have you saved over the last year? And this is a challenge for all of us. What unsaved people do you hang around with? Are you, are you reaching out to? You know, I was talking to, to, a, to a guy over in Australia the other, when I was there a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about this. How we're called to go out into the community, but yet most of us don't even have non-Christian people who we relate to. Jesus related to the sinners all the time. Jesus related to the ungodly all the time. He says in, in, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, that 
A healthy person doesn't need a doctor. Christians don't need another Christian to get them saved because they're already saved. But non-Christians need us. Who is it that you connect to? Because see, when God sees you, He sees someone who is called to go from glory to glory, who would carry the tangible presence of God, who would go from here where you, you, you just, you're getting the courage up to speak about God to over here where you talk about God and miracles happen. That's where God's called us to be. That's where God wants us to walk to. And now's like that time to lay aside the things that have bound you up. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe there's an insecurity there. Maybe, it's, maybe you know, it's just money's always been a problem for you. Maybe it's gossip. You know, this could be all sorts of things. Now's the time to come before the throne of God. Because you know what? It's only through Jesus Christ that we can make a difference. It's only through Jesus Christ that our lives can be transformed into a place where we're carrying the glory of God. You know, there are three keys that will, make, well, they will help us grab God's attention. The first one is this. Intimacy and dependence on God. You know, Moses in Exodus 34, it says he went up to the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights where he had no food, he had no water. Now, that's got to be a supernatural thing, to be able to go for 40 days and 40 nights without food or water. See, he went to a place where he laid aside every distraction to go and be with God. He was there for 40 days and 40 nights. And it says when he came down from the mountain, not only did he have the Ten Commandments, but also his face glowed with the glory of God. And then every time he got into the presence of God, his face would glow after being in the presence of God with the glory of God. Does your face glow with God's glory? When you walk into the community, do you look all nice and smooth on the outside, but carry nothing in the spirit? Because see, we'll only make a difference when we carry the glory and the presence of God around us. The second thing is we need revelation. We need to be hearing the word of God and doing it. You know, Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22. God spoke to Abraham that he was going to have a son. It was a promise of God, Isaac. And then when they finally had him, God tells Abraham to take him up to the mountain, put him on an altar and sacrifice him. You see, Abraham, I oh know if I was him, I would be spewing at that. I would be angry with God. But you know, God's a good God. God is a good God. You'll be amazed. I did a camp a few months ago out of Camp David. And I was amazed at how many of the kids think that God allows bad things to happen to teach you a lesson. And there might be people here where you think that. Oh, I, I go through, I'm going through a bad time financially because God just wants to teach me a lesson. God's a good God. God is a good God. See, Abraham heard. He received the promise from God. He heard God speak to go and to take Isaac. But see, he knew God was a good God. He heard it and he obeyed. It says, then they traveled for three days. 
prepared an altar. He put him on the altar. And just as he got out the knife and was about to kill his son, an angel from heaven said, Isaac, stop. Abraham, stop. You've proven that you fear God. You see, if Abraham wasn't in the place where he was continually hearing the voice of God, he might have been so upset with what circumstances had happened. He might have been so upset with the first word that God got that he may have missed the second word. And he would have killed off a promise. He would have killed off the promise that God gave him. But he didn't. He kept himself in the place where he was hearing God's voice. You know, so many of us, we live off last year's word. So many of us, we live off what God told us six months ago. You know, God changes every day. What God spoke six months ago won't apply for today because that was for six months ago. We need to be in a place where we're continually hearing God's revelation, where we're in the word of God and God is speaking to us and we're hearing the voice of God so that when God says, move now, we move. When God says, pray for this person now, we pray for that person, we'll see the healing and we'll see the breakthrough. But so many of us are never in a place where we hear the voice of God. And how many promises have we missed? Because we haven't been in a place of revelation. We haven't been in a place of hearing the voice of God. How many of us are in a place right now where we're angry and upset because of what we're going through at the moment or because our finances, our life is in a mess that we're not hearing what God is saying now when he speaks. We need revelation. We need to be in a place where we have God's revelation and we move when God speaks. When God speaks, all heaven moves. When God speaks, we should move. We need intimacy. We need to be hearing the revelation. The last thing is we need to be kingdom thinking, kingdom minded. Whatever we do, we do for the glory and the honor of God. You know, in 1 Samuel 24, it talks about David. And David was a place earlier on where Samuel came up to David we came up to Jesse and said, I want to see all of your sons. And we know the story. It says that Samuel anointed David to be the next king. And then David goes to the battle where Goliath is and he kills him. When all of the other Israelites, when all the rest of the army of God were too scared, David rises up and he kills him. So here's David. He's gone from a place of being chosen to now being into a place where he's doing amazing things for God, and then into a place where Saul promotes him in his kingdom, and, you know, he just thinks he's the bee's knees because he's saved Israel. And then Saul starts to get jealous because everyone starts to like David instead of Saul. So then Saul sets out to kill him. He takes his wife away from him, David's wife, who was Saul's daughter, gives her to another man, Tells his guys, boys, find David, let's kill him. And so they hunt David down, so he goes into hiding. He goes into a place, and, and he's in a cave, and Saul's looking for him. And Saul comes to a cave and decides to rest there, not realizing David's in there. And they're all asleep. And in, the, in, the, in that verse, it says that one, one of David's guys went up to Saul, and the guys, David, this is our chance. This is our chance to kill him. 
this is our chance for you to walk in the promises that God's got for you. But see, David had an uneasiness about him. David, man, there's something wrong about this. So David heard the voice of God and decided not to kill him. He said, no, now's not the time. Now's not the time for us to take matters into our own hands. Now's not the time for us to move the hand of God so that we can walk in the promises of God. God's timing. God's got a timing for everything. God's got the right timing, the right time for me to be king. And they walked away. They did nothing. They did, he, left, he left them alone. How many of us in that same situation would have pulled out the sword and said, yep, God's put us here. To, now's the time, boys. But see, David was kingdom-minded. David knew everything he did was for the glory and of God. Every action that he did was for God's glory and in God's timing. God spoke it. God's faithful to see it come to pass. When God speaks a vision into your life, God's faithful to see it come to pass. And you don't have to do anything in the natural to make it happen, but connect and spend time with God. We need to be in a place of intimacy with God. We need to be a place where we're getting revelation from God and we're doing what God says. We need to be in a place where we're kingdom-minded so that then we're in a place where God can move us as a church and us as individuals into the community and where we make a difference, where we start to see people being saved all, over, all across this altar. You know, I hear of churches in other places, they get hundreds saved a day. Every Sunday there's 100 saved, there's 50 saved. You know, I look at some of the couple of churches over in Aussie and, you know, like talking to the Planet Shaker guys and, you know, they've, they're up to about two and a half, three thousand in the space of two, three years. Started from nothing. Bar a few band members who are very good. See, that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. We're called to go and make a difference and fill this altar with people who are wanting to be saved. We're called to go out and pray for the sick and see them healed. I want to see them healed. I want to see the primary schools, the intermediates, unlock to us because, uh, because I've positioned myself to be able to carry more of God's presence, to be able to carry more of the glory of God, that where I go, what I say, heaven moves. God's attention, His eyes are turned towards me. Because of what I've done. Because of what I'm doing in God. I want to come to a place where I walk into a school. Or where schools are ringing me up. And say, man, we heard what you did in that school. We want you to do it in this school. And parents are starting to get saved. Kids are starting to get saved. We're starting to make a difference in the high schools. We, sh we should be making a difference in the high schools more than what we're doing. We should be making a difference in the workplace more than what we're doing. But first, there's an internal shift that needs to take place. What is it that you need to shift internally? When you walk out of this place and you walk this week, whose eyes will you turn? Whose head will turn towards you and notice? Is it God? Or is it people? Because if it's people, then the wrong person is turning their head. 
when you pray in the morning. God, position me today, Lord. God, opportunities, God, that as I walk through the day, Lord, I'd have an opportunity to tell someone about you. God, as I walk through the day, Lord, that I would would have an opportunity to speak, Lord, a, a word of knowledge over their life that would unlock their life. The psychics do it. Why don't we? The non-Christians do this stuff. Why don't we? The ungodly are moving in dimensions that we don't move in, but yet the Bible says greater miracles you'll see than what I did in the, in the end days. We're walking in those days now. We need to, as a church, we need to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to wake up and realize it's not just about yourself. It's not just about us sitting pretty because we're saved. It's about, the, it's about Hawke's Bay. You are here for such a time as this. You are here for such a time as this. It's not a mistake you're in this church. It's not a mistake you're in this region. Let us move the hand of God. Let us grab God's attention by spending time with Him, by seeking His face, by being kingdom-minded so that when bad things happen, We see, God, you're working in this, God. I will keep a good attitude. God, I will continue to honor your name through what I do, even if I've been hard done by. Even if I've been hard done by. Even if, God, what that person did to me was wrong, I will continue, Lord, to be in a place where I honor and do what you've called me to do with that person. 